Well, it's always an honor to uh, stand before you and bring a message. And today we have a little bit of a treat because uh, I've asked my wife to tag team with me today. And so uh, I'm going to be bringing the first part. She's going to bring the second part and bring it, bring it, land the plane. She's going to land the plane for us. So I'm excited about this opportunity to stand before you. So I'll give, I'll give the word and she'll give the interpretation. How's that sound? <laughs> It's always fun. Uh, you know, uh, Peyton Manning recently, he, he did his best uh, in Super Bowl 48 with the Denver Broncos, but uh, even with his best, he, he still came up short. The team came up short. They played a good Seattle Seahawks and lost 43-8. to But you know that uh, Peyton, he, he, he's, a, he's an excellent ball player, but he knows, he knows he needs the full team to be able to, be a co- to, be able to win Super Bowls. And uh, they met their match, but they came out and uh, hiked one over, this, over his head, and he got rushed with a passing and threw a couple interceptions. And it just goes to show that uh, you've got to be at the top of your game. You need everybody. And when I was in high school, I was running back. And I remember one time uh, that they, they were, they were, I wasn't getting very many yardage. So I, I jumped on my, uh, my blockers up front. I said, man, you guys aren't blocking very good. Well, these guys made a pact. I didn't know about it. They said, well, let's just teach him a lesson. So they, uh, on the very next play, they all decided just to stand up and let the guys come right in and destroy me. <laughs> I didn't say another word after that. I appreciated the work that they were doing. And, uh, you know, that's uh, Barry, Barry Sanders is a great running back for Detroit many years ago. And he used to take his linemen out and give them stakes because he knew that he needed them. And so when you, you have somebody like Pastor Don that gets up here and he can, he can proclaim the good news on a regular basis and is excellent at what he does, uh, you know, that's just one part of church life. There's a lot of life that goes on in, in behind the scenes. And that's what we get to talk about today. We're going to be talking about full body ministry. And it's not, uh, full body ministry is, is not waiting outside the big drag, King Dragon Buffet and waiting for full bodies to come out afterwards and praying for them. You know, I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. We're going to be talking about full body ministry. And I'd like you to, uh, I'm going to read a section of scripture out of um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to read it out of the message. <clears throat> it's a little bit long, but I want you to, to pay attention because it talks about the, the full body of Christ. So we're going to start, I'm actually going to start at verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various expressions of power, (laughs) you know there's some power going on here, are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Every person is giving something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by the one Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than our own body. 
your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you have, you still have one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all say goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to be independently called and calling our own shots. But then he entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all came to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. I want you to think about how this makes you more significant, not less. A body just isn't just a, a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like the hand, embellishing with rings, and I guess I don't need to belong to this body, would that make sense? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like I, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was an eye, how could it hear? If all, if all an ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. No matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts. Each is properly sized and is in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you. Or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without one eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed or higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer a good digestion system and, uh, to a fully bodied hair, full body hair? The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Each part is dependent on everybody's part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't, the parts we see and the parts we don't, if one part hurts, every part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You're familiar with some of the parts that God has formed in this church, which is his bodies, such as apostles, prophets, teachers, miracle workers, healers, helpers, organizers, and those who pray. I'm going to stop there. Father, we just thank you for the reading of your word. We pray that you'd use it to open our minds to the understanding of it. And Lord, minister to us through your spirit in Jesus' name. God's people said, amen. Now you can look across the, you can go to an airport and you can see the uniqueness of the body, uh, human, human bodies. 
there's different shapes and sizes and colors and some with hair, some without hair, some with too much hair. I mean, and you got uh, skills and vocations and interests and eyes, you know, that, that are different colors. I mean, you just got a variety of different gifts. You talk about athletic or, or nerds. Uh, I mean, you have, you have just such a variety. God has designed the body, the human body, so wildly. I mean, he just is so cool. And then you got spiritual gifts that we talked about here. Now, it's unique. If you're a part of the body of Christ, if you've given your heart to the Lord, then you are a part of the body that we're talking about right here. So there's a place for you. There's a function for you. You know, I think if you think about your physical body, it's these little things that get you irritated. I had a canker sore, and it's like I couldn't even hardly eat. It's just a little canker sore, but I look at it in the mirror, and it's like, this is stupid. It's just so small. But you get a sliver in your finger, your foot hurts, and you start, you start limping, and you can't hardly move around. These things have an impact on our physical body. How much more so when we uh, end up getting hurt ourselves for the whole body? I really like this one scripture where it says, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 26, and just to paraphrase, when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. When one member is honored, all the members rejoice. So when you see somebody coming to the front for, for ministry and you see a group of men gathering around and praying for them, that's because we're, we're all hurting with that individual or we're all rejoicing about what's going to take place. And so that's a part of the, the body of Christ in action. And there shouldn't be any jealousy between gifts. Oh, if only I could speak in tongues like that person. You know what? There's some things I can't do. I can't work on cars. I wish I could work on cars. Whenever I go to work on a car, I usually break something. And I have to have... There's nothing more embarrassing than to have your car towed out of your garage. All right? But some of you guys are just... You wouldn't even think about taking to a mechanic because that's you're mechanically inclined. Nancy and I went to a, a Lamb of God uh, uh, choir and instrumental recently up in Kalamazoo, and we were on the third floor and balcony of, of uh, Shenry Auditorium in Kalamazoo. And uh, it was really neat. It was just a couple weekends ago. We got to see the, the choir working together with the orchestra, and it was just a, a wonderful thing to see as each part did their, they did their part. Now, if the flute player decided, I don't want to play the flute, I want to play the big, big drum, because that, that makes a lot more loud, uh, noise than the, the flute. And he went over there and hit it, but they hit it off time. It would be a huge distraction. And, and so it takes everybody doing their part, and it takes a, a person that's leading the whole thing to be able to, to see each part doing it and, and help them along. So that's the way it is with, with us at, at Firm Foundation. We want everybody to do their part. And the more people that can participate and plug in in their area... It just makes it go so much better. Um, it, when we first started out, we had, uh, we had to do a lot of things. We had to wear a lot of hats. But it's really wonderful to see uh, other people stepping up so that uh, when Pastor Don is gone, for example, uh, like in this, just, just a small case, uh, each of us elders want to try to fill the pulpit, and we had some young men filling the pulpit. Uh, Brian's going to be preaching on Wednesday. And, and so we're teaching Sunday school. Well, we have to step in here while Tony and Gary then step in, and they... They lead the Sunday school class. And, and it's just a wonderful way of, of body ministry, full body ministry in action. Romans 12, 4 through 8, 
says, For we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. If he who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, Don talked a lot about giving last week. He talked about the truth, the not, you know, nothing but the truth. Uh, he talked about the tithe. He talked about worshiping. So I hope that you came today and worshiped, uh, worshiped well. And, and, and we should give with a cheerful heart. If you're a leader, you should lead, uh, govern diligently. Don't do it half-heartedly. Don't do it so that you put everybody in jeopardy. But do it, half, do it with your whole heart. Uh, a body has to have a good skeleton, has to have a good support group. And I've heard that leadership is a lot like a skeleton. Uh, if, if your skeleton is on the outside, it doesn't, uh, it's not very appealing, right? It's usually on the inside. And so that supports the whole body so that the whole body can do their, do their actions properly, do whatever they've been designed to do. Uh, Rod's been trying to keep uh, all these ministries here, if you can read them. Uh, there's several ministries that make up Firm Foundation, and I would encourage you as you, we usually encourage you to three to six months, you know, get to know us, we get to know you, and then we find a place where you can plug in. And if you are, if you are involved in uh, evangelizing or, or witnessing outside of this place, you know, you're building the kingdom. You are plugging in. You're plugging in someplace, and that is really good. Now, there is a five-fold ministry uh, that we'd like to talk about in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And this part here is about uh, five, what we call five-fold ministry. It's uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And these are, are, they will come into our body to help support the body, to encourage the body, so that we can, uh, the elders kind of, we kind of watch over the church, and we have people that come along and assist. Uh, the pastors and uh, prophets, evangelists, they come usually in a five-fold team. And so it says in verse 11, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, but by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness or deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effectiveness and the working by which every part does its share, causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So as each part does, as each part of the body does their part, the whole body prospers. Right. And um, Nancy's going to talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. So God's plan... Uh, of authority, this is something Don said, uh, Pastor Don there, God's plan of authority, his chains of command are not issues of value, but office. So these positions like apostles, prophets, evangelists, 
pastors, teachers. These are office positions. But they don't create any more value than somebody that's teaching Sunday school or watching in the nursery. It's just everybody has to do their part. They have to find out. As you're a teacher, there's, there's greater... Uh, uh, we have to, we have to be careful. I mean, there's there's you're held accountable a little bit more by God because you don't want to teach things that are false. I'd like to talk about uh, team ministry. When we're talking about team ministry, I'd like to talk about Quilla and Priscilla. Quilla and Priscilla was a married couple that uh, actually lived in Rome and they got kicked out of Rome. They they were Jewish people and uh, they they wanted to kick a lot of these Christians out and so they they went and they fled to Corinth. And when they were in Corinth, um, they had a, a profession of being tent makers. And Paul ran into them there. Paul was also a tent maker, so they hooked up and they worked together in their business. But they also then ended up, uh, Paul stayed with them for about 18 months, about a year and a half. And during this period of time, they learned that Priscilla and Aquila was known by by others they were evangelistic they were uh, trying to to win others they they actually had a, a man named apollos that was teaching and they invited apollos to come into their home and they they talked with apollos and said hey here's a better way you know and they tried to encourage him so as they're introduced throughout scripture sometimes they say it's aquila and a priscilla sometimes they say it's a priscilla and aquila and and women usually aren't mentioned first in in the bible in, in those those days so it was something where they flowed back and forth between the two. They did ministry together. And, and later on, uh, when Paul wanted to move, uh, he moved to Ephesus, and they went with him. So they were a great support to him. They started their business back there, and they actually opened up a church in their own, ch in their own home. And so that's something that uh, they, they did together. They started a house church, and we read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Eddie and Renee function really well together as a team. Nancy and I function really well as a team. And we've been ministering together for probably over 30 years. And we started when we was back in youth group. Uh, Bill Miller was our youth leader. He invited us to, to lead the youth in, in our Bible studies that we were doing. And we were in an evangelism explosion together before we were married. And so there was a lot of things that we did together. And it was, uh, it was a good time. And we, we enjoy ministering together. We, we do it uh, in, up at the altar. We like to do it when we counsel. We like to do it when we're working with the youth or when we was, we're working with the married couples right now. And so it's a lot of fun. And so uh, at this point, I'd like to turn, uh, have Nancy come up and share. We worked so well together, he didn't think I needed my notes. I'm so good. Where's my notes? Did you throw them away? Don't have it memorized. I was thinking this week, uh, a lot of you might not know, but um, this week uh, was 10-year anniversary for Don and Lisa being at our church. It's so exciting. 10 years. I, I just hardly can't wrap my head around that. It's been 10 years already. And I was thinking about that this week as we were preparing to talk together and the different things we wanted to talk about. And, and um, one of the things I like to do sometimes um, too much, I've been in the past, is I like to help people. I like to serve. I like to help people. I don't like people to be hurting or in distress. Uh, I like to help people, and I'll do whatever it takes um, to, 
try and make people happy or if I can fix things. And I was thinking this week about when we had uh, first service, I thought, oh, we didn't have too many people, and that's all right. It's our smaller service. But it kind of reminded me of our beginnings. We only had like 47 people there that first um, Sunday at the FOP building. And you know what? That didn't scare me. It was 47. Now we're like, what, three, three something now. And so exciting to see who God has brought into our midst. I had dreams um, and visions back in the day when we were first starting. And the Lord would show me people that I had never met before. He would show me pictures of them. And I believe a lot of you people are here today that he showed me way back then because a lot of people, um, we started with 47 and some have passed away and, and, and some have left, but most of the people we have here now are not the ones we started with. And it's so exciting to see where God has taken all of you and plugged you in somewhere. The sound team, gosh, look at that. That is so exciting. When Doug and I, if, you know, we were here from the beginning, so we can see the progression. And some of you know that feeling that we started off with this little room um, with, a, with a little overhead projector and little transparencies, you know, the kind where you get backwards and you're trying to read in a different language. You're like, oh, yeah, flip them over. And, you know, our beginnings were so small, and it's so exciting to see how God has brought everyone and I, I was thinking, you know, serving isn't just about having the gift of serving. Sometimes people say, oh, I don't have that gift. Well, I'm here to tell you today that, that um, everyone has the gift of serving. And uh, Christ was our example, right? The Bible says that the greatest among you is he who serves. And we sang songs today and it said, servant king. Christ was servant king. I think that's so neat. And he gave it all for us. So if he's our example, I just get so excited about what he's going to do in the future and how we're going to expand this way. We're going to go that way. We may go this way, but our new expansion will be that way. And it's all about full-body ministry and everybody doing their part. And then I was thinking about the chair ministry. You know, people can't say, unless you're physically not able, but sometimes like, oh, I don't have the gift of serving. You know what? Everyone knows how to fold a chair and set up a chair. Just about anybody can do that. So you know what? Back when we started, we had the kids. We had the adults. Everybody. We had to set up and tear down every week when we were at the FOP. People would come to us and say, um, yeah, you know, you got a good thing going there, whatever. Do you have anything for kids? Well, um, we have a Sunday school class in the back room where all the alcohol is. We kind of move it out of the way. And it smells like smoke back there, but we kind of, you know, get that cleaned up every week. It's like, yeah, you don't really have anything for kids. Nope, we don't have anything for kids right now. And I used to think, Lord, you know, I think, man, when are we going to, you know, I couldn't see this right now where we're at today. We couldn't, we were hoping, we knew God was doing things, but no. we couldn't see this. This is so exciting. And I could have said, oh, Lord, we don't have anything for kids. I'm just done. I'm not doing this anymore. Instead, I want, nope, someday we're going to have something for kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, we used to dream about VBS, and I'm going to share this in a little bit too, but Eldon and we used to talk about, man, someday we're going to have our own VBS. We're not going to send our kids to all these other churches, and we're going to have our own. And by golly, we are. We're in our seventh year. And so if Christ was our example to demonstrate what servant leadership looked like, then these are the things, some of the things that we can do. And I have a little acrostic here, and it has to do with the word serve. So Doug talked about spiritual gifts, and I'm so excited about how people are using their spiritual gifts. Prophecy. You know what? Women 
can prophesy. They can, pro they can bring prophecy. We do it in order. I'm so excited how people are feeling confident and open, and they can use their gifts. That's one of the gifts. Knowledge and wisdom and discernment, faith, healing, and miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Those are nine of some of the gifts that we can use, and we use them here in the church. I get so excited when I see new people stepping out, and I'll never forget Mary Ann Baker. I don't know if she's here, but she like the first time she gave a word in tongues, I'm like, oh, she was up here and talked to Doug. It was so neat. She was like, and, but she did it. She did it, and she was just so excited how the Lord was working in her life. Experiences. We all have had experiences, great top-of-the-mountain experiences, and we've also had those experiences where we're like, wow, Lord, why? What do you want me to do with this experience? We lost our we lost our fourth child, and uh, when we started this church, our kids were 11, 7, and 3, and Seth was a dream, and we lost our fourth child a few years after we started the church, and we had a lot of tough times those first few years, man. There were a couple times we were like, man, let's get out of here. This is crazy, and in our hearts, we felt like, man, this is hard. This is really hard, and uh, God, Why? But I'll tell you, I don't know how many women I've spoke to since we've lost our um, son, Jonathan, how many people I've ministered to. And I think of Tim and Christy Hall's ministry of uh, Save One and how powerful that is for those who have been affected by abortion. And they have a great ministry. And if you guys ever or anyone you know want to get in contact with them, it's a great ministry. They're starting a new class. They're starting a new class, actually. And if you are in our Blast Box ministry, um, you can get information on that, too, or with Tim and Christy, but they're getting ready to start a new class with that. So if anyone has been through an abortion, had any part of being a part of abortion or just affected by abortion, you can take that class. It's a private class, private class, privately meet. It's all on their, their thing. They do. Relational style. I've had such a good time. Doug and I have had such a good time with the married class. And the, for those of you who have been coming, I know you've laughed at least once <laughs> in marriage class. And Tony and Gary took it over for us today. We love what we're doing right now. It's about relational styles, about personalities. And oh my gosh, how exciting. They went to, uh, through a beaver and a golden retriever today, right? So last week, talked about lion and, and otter. And uh, it was so neat to see all these different personalities and how God uses each personality to put people right where they need to be to serve. And Doug and I, we work together really well. And uh, I, I don't like a lot of conflict, but for those of you who have seen me a little bit, you know, I can be tough if I have to be. Tony and Gary know that. Um, they don't see that side of me very often, but I can, I can bring out a lion every once in a while, but I'm really a kitty cat. Um, but Doug, you know, we balance each other. You know, if someone needs mercy or compassion or a, a, a loving touch, you know, he's like, man, or a funeral or whatever, he's like, man, get out there. I don't, I don't know what to say. You always know what to say. But if there's stuff that needs to be said and, you know, needs to be said, <laughs> go ahead, Doug. I'm right behind you. <laughs> it was so neat. Last week in our class, Gary Smalley, he was talking about the lions, you know, the great leaders and the people that take charge and all that. And he was using the example of, a dad who might have a lion characteristic. And he's taking his child to school. And uh, he took his, ch his uh, son to school one day. 
think it was a boy. I don't know if he gave, you know, specifics, but he said. Then his mom took him. The golden retriever took mom, the son to school the next day, and he's like, he's like, Mom, where, where are all the idiots? And she's like, son, well, who would teach you? Why would you say something like that? What kind of, where did you learn that language? And he said, well, when dad brought me to school yesterday, we saw three idiots, and I haven't seen any today. <laughs> Gary Smalley was saying how they're the ones honking the horn, get out of the way, Don't, who taught you how to drive? Don't you know how to drive? You know, there was a lion. You know, sometimes not the spirit-controlled lion, but... But those people have gifts, and they need to be used. I think of Donnie, and I was thinking about chair ministry, or I can't do chairs, or my hand doesn't fit the, the vacuum cleaner. I don't know if my hand quite fits. I don't know if I can sweep, but you know what? Donnie's got a chair ministry. I never knew of anyone that could have a chair ministry, but Donnie's got one. You guys yeah. don't realize that every time we tear these chairs down, put them back up. Which, you know, we get done. We can get those that done pretty quick now. But Donnie good. can straight. He, gets, he keeps all these chair, chairs straight. You guys right. may not know that. But Donnie does have a chair ministry. V, vocational skills. All of you, most of you have a job that is an adult. And all of you bring that talent a lot of times into the church and you use it. I don't care what it is. Even if you've just had to work with people, you all have talents because you know the people you can't stand working with. Here's your sign. God put them in front of me to learn patience or whatever, but you know how to relate to people and use your job or use your talents. I can name, I can go through the crowd and tell all the people use their talents here at church. So cool. Yeah, this whole sound ministry expansion. Again, Phil Stuckey and, you know, if you ever want a tour of the building, you got to have the tour by, by, by Phil. Phil's the only one that can give a true tour of this church because I, I can't even remember everything. Everything that's wood or stone or anything, even the frame, I mean, fills your man. And uh, God has given him a great, great gift in that area, and we thank you for that. But we all have skills that we can use, and, and I am so blessed, especially by those guys back there. Doug and I just sit at home sometimes, and we cry, and we laugh, and we go, man, I can't believe all the people God has sent us to this church that we never, ever would have saw. But we believed God. And our enthusiasm of course, we all have to have enthusiasm. We're all passionate about something, right? As Doug and I get older, and our son, can, Seth, can attest to this, we take more naps than we've ever taken in our life. Oh, my gosh. We have to sleep. Man, I have to sleep. I have to take a nap. And uh, God knew he gave us Seth at the end because he was the only one that could take that. The other kids were like, they'd wake up and go, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going today, Mom? Where are we going? And uh, so... We have enthusiasm. One of the things we have enthusiasm for here is VBS. And you can't help but smile when you see these pictures up here. And uh, we're going to show you a little video, too. And, and look closely. You're going to see a lot of people uh, in this video. It takes 75 to 100 people to pull off VBS every year. And some people aren't even here. Some people are giving money. Some people are making food. Some people are buying food. We need everybody. And this is one of the examples of a full-body ministry here at church um, that we get really excited about. Some of you may not know that it takes six months to pull off VBS. It's not a, it's a one-week <laughs> VBS. <laughs> it takes six months to plan and to work. So uh, we're going to finish off with a video of uh, one of our full-body ministries that Doug and I love to do there. It's Eldon's favorite part, holding up the money. And... Uh, 
And we're just so thankful for all the people and all of you that God has brought here. Some of you are givers. Wow. Thank you for our next phase. I know God's going to send us more givers that can do, you know, more and above what we've ever asked or imagined. And so here's a video for you. Can you share your story at Carter? We got a little time. We have uh, we have a good time each uh, each year, and uh, the impact is incredible into the lives of children. But we also see it having an impact into the lives of the parents. And so, if you've not been a part of EBS, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you can begin by helping us with some decorations. We have a quite a team that puts the decorations together, works on that for quite some time with four churches that are involved, and uh, the kids have a good time. Obviously, as you can see, that's Tim Lynette's boy. And, uh, and then we're going to play a short video clip. Now, this is one that I took with my video camera, so it's a little bit rough, but uh, you'll, you'll, get the, you'll get the hint on it. It's not like the production guys. They're back there smiling. It's not like with something they put together. So we'll let those guys do it.
Brings back some good memories, don't it? Some of you are already exhausted. I can see it in your eyes. Uh, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity. And Psalms 133 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. You know, life is hard enough, let alone having disunity and all this uh, drama. And I think it's really good that we can live together and, and work together for a common goal and for a common purpose, purpose and, and be blessed. Thank you.